Hey, welcome into the Coach Bono's podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bono's Show. Check out the Facebook page to search for Coach Bono's Show. And you can email us anytime at Coach Bono's Show at gmail.com. This is episode 92. And joining me today is the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind, my co-host, Ellen Winnington. Edub, you're back. We're back. It's, What's up? It's nice to be doing this again. I had, you know, last episode I didn't have you, just me solo, yep. and did a little bit of explaining, kind of catching everybody up, and, yeah. uh, you know, took a little summer vacation and a little uh, time for me, and now we're back. So, and now it's time to just dive right in, yeah, right? We're, we're, we got a lot to talk about, but first, <laughs> how's your summer going? How are you doing? Uh, the summer was decent, you know. Uh, got a chance, of course. The last time I think we podcast was at your office yeah. when I was in, in Kansas and uh had a work trip to Louisville and enjoyed that. And uh, otherwise, it's pretty quiet. Nicholas got back last Saturday, and he has already disappeared from the house, as any 13-year-old who hasn't seen his friends for two months does. So, yeah. Like getting back in camp. Exactly. And uh, threw him into basketball camp this week, too. So it was it was all fun and games that he's just getting thrown back into his routine. So yeah, That's good. It's good. It was solid. Was he, I, was he any taller when he got back? I mean, he, he was. Gone that he was. He gone that long. Yeah. Um, you know, he is still a smidge shorter than I am. Okay. He He's battling it with the height of his hair. Oh, because as you know, he wears a poof. And, and you know, he has fantastic hair. He does. I don't, you know, I'm not envious of very many hairs, but he that's fantastic. He, he has excellent hair. And uh, I remind him that any height advantage is his hair, not his height. So we're working <laughs> on it. When I was in Chicago this past week, um, I was standing in line talking to a guy and we were talking about uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there. And he was waiting to meet Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he had a picture. He was getting autographed that was the picture from Fletch. And it reminded <laughs> me of the of the line from there. You just reminded me of the line from Fletch. You know, they talk about Fletch in his dream. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 6'5", six, 6'9", six, with the afro. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, no, but it's good to have him back. It's just uh, getting into the routine of things. Thankfully, he'll have a couple of weeks where he can sleep in um, prior to adjusting to school since we start late as compared to most of the folks around town and, you know, back in Kansas and that yeah. kind of thing too. So. Yeah. They start here in a couple of weeks. I don't know exactly when my kids oh, out of school. So that's nice. Yeah. I think they start, some of them start next week if they didn't start this week. So. Oh, yeah. I think we're another week or two. I don't, I, hey, it doesn't I, don't matter, you. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that anymore. I am past that part of my life. I get to be an old man now, so yeah. As long as you're not a totally dirty old man, we'll be okay. I'm probably going to end up being a dirty. Old man. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you know me a long time. It, it just, I mean, I won't be like an abusively old man. I won't be like the one grabbing asses at the restaurant. I won't be good, good. Yeah, no, I, I know what to do, what not to do. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess coveting is probably the best way I could put it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, we got a lot to talk about. So we're just going to dive in, dive in head first here. Uh, first thing, the biggest news in sports, I think, right now, as we're recording this Friday afternoon, is a huge announcement that the University of Oregon and the University of Washington are going to join the Big Ten. Now, last week, um, the University of Colorado left the Pac-12 to join the Big 12. Yes. And this seems like the dominoes. We've, been, we've talked about this at length here. Uh, I just spent uh, a couple of hours talking to Tyler Jones about it on his podcast on Wednesday. Um, these were the two logical next steps. Now we're also hearing word that Arizona, uh, you mentioned it earlier, there's report now that Arizona has applied to join the Big 12. As of last night, yes, yeah. Thursday. Mm-hmm. And Utah and Arizona State are looking at the options. Yes. This past week, we've also seen where Florida State came out and said they are looking at options to leave the ACC. Or to raise funds via private equity with J.P. Morgan Chase. Yeah. So I I don't know how they're going to get away with that one. But, um, they just want the Saudis to come in. That's all. <laughs> Could you see the Saudis buy a conference? Why not? They're buying everything else. Hey, you know, and like that NBA rule came in. We can talk more about that later. But that you know, the NBA rule now says they can own things. Yep. And there's another. There's not just the Saudi group now. There's a Kuwaiti group as well. This has all happened. So, the business of sports on this, we've got shoes dropping. So it. Look, oh, hang on, hang on. So, uh, Utah and Arizona State. According to Pete Thamel, um, have applied for formal membership to the Big 12 Conference, and there will be a call tonight with the Big 12 presidents and chancellors yeah. to discuss. So when you hear this, that will have happened. Yes. Get this out on Saturday morning. So, um, but yet, so look, we, we we've known for some time there was going to be a little more expansion. The Big Ten is trying to now they're at 16 teams. This will put them at 18 teams. With two teams they've added. With Oregon and Washington. Yeah, for the I, I presume for the 24 25 season. Most of what I've seen, and this is all for 2024. Okay. From what I've seen thus far. Um, and again, I could be wrong, but that's what I've seen. Let me look at this thing on the um because I think the Pac 12 media deal expires at the end of this year, which would make sense for everyone leaving. Because I know yes. you is coming this, in 24. This 25. is all starting on 2024. Okay. They're calling it the Western Wing of the Big Ten. Yep. USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. Um, now, the interesting thing is that there's going to be more expansion in the Big Ten. They're not going to sit at 18 teams. They're going to get two more. Um, it comes down to an arms race now. Now, the Big 12 is interesting. The Big 12 is sitting at 12 teams coming into all this. But Colorado makes it 13. Are you 
Okay, so are you counting Texas and Oklahoma oh, leaving? Wow. Yeah, you, you hit 10. Okay. Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. They'll join the SEC next year. They've done mm-hmm. eight. They just added four, Yep. which is Central Florida, uh, BYU, um, Houston, and Cincinnati. Houston and Cincinnati, thank you. Mm-hmm. That takes them to 12. Now we know Colorado's 13. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, Utah gets them to 16. Yep. So now they're one of the mega conferences. There are now three mega conferences. Now, I will say, I mentioned this to Tyler. Tyler didn't really care for this idea, but I think this is what's going to happen. I think it's going to be, I think the Big 12 knows this. The, they're going to be sort of the tier two by themselves. The Big Ten and the SEC are going to be first. They have the bigger contracts. It, the money's bigger. Anyone would leave to go to those two conferences because of the money. The Big 12 is next, but they're going to be a whole other level above everybody else. They will. And what I think will be interesting as compared to the SEC and the Big Ten yeah. is – the one thing that the Big 12 is going to have as a driver, which is a little bit different, is that it's going to be, frankly, more basketball-centric with the complement of what, having well, good quality football. Yeah, so what the, the Big 12 can offer is the Big 12 can say to schools, uh, like these Arizona schools, like Utah, in Colorado, they can say, you're not going to make as much football money. We realize that. Yep. But we are the preeminent conference in basketball. 100%. And this will give you, hopefully we'll be able to negotiate this into our next deal and get more. Yeah. I think they will. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's going to be a streaming deal now with Big 12 as well. I, I get a feeling the Big 12 is going to have more meat on the bone, as the Big 10 will, too. Do you think then, you know, because the Big 12 renegotiated with ESPN and Fox, will there be a, will Apple, because supposedly that was the package, excuse me, that was offered for the Pac-12, that Apple TV would be the partner for the Pac-12, everything would be streaming, there wouldn't be any linear that we know of, or over-the-air kind of companionship. Yeah partner does apple start trying to peel off some of that espn plus type action i believe so i believe you're right remember when you it used to be you had sort of the your each league has tier one tier two and tier three rights Uh uh-huh and you had your tier one rights negotiated by the conference and tier two negotiated by the conference but it was a little your bigger schools got a little bit more sometimes is that because they had their own networks? Yes, many of them did, or they had larger television networks in their area for local, which is what Tier Three ended up being, like LTN. Yeah, um, in the South, they had that Lincoln Lincoln Sports thing, and, and yeah, here it's, or the Pac Twelve uh, Network. Yeah, and, okay. and a lot of times it would also be like your local station, like in in Kansas, it might have been WIBW in Topeka, right. You know, would have rights to 10 KU, 10 KU, uh, 10 KU basketball games or yep. five basketball games and three football games. Yeah. That were on off times. Um, 
what we're seeing now is that the tier three is going to be the streaming companies. Okay. It's going to be Apple. It's going to be Amazon. Now, what blew the big tent, the Pac-12, because you're completely right. The deal it looks like in place for what would be tier one for everybody else was an all streaming service through Apple. Now, Apple likes it because they get all that content. Right. It's kind of inexpensive to them. It's the same kind of they made with MLS. Yeah. And it's very West Coast centric. So they're saying, hey, we've got to get these schools in the West Coast. We're going to get their subscribers. But what they were, my understanding, again, I heard this from Tyler Jones on his pod. An issue with it was that it was uh, some of the monies was based on an increasing number of subscribers. Well, I think it's going to be hard to increase your number of subscribers in a in a way to show that. This well, is more about grabbing content and market share. And what I think we're going to see with these streaming networks is it's going to be everyone's just going to choose the two or three they want. Well, and the thing of it is, so with Apple TV, so I have T-Mobile for my cell phone carrier. Yeah. I get free MLB through T-Mobile. I got free MLS through T-Mobile. And so I I would be curious because that's going to be the thing that they try to get the hooks in people is offering it free. Let it I've I've gotten MLB free through T-Mobile for six years at this point, just because they're the primary sponsor, I think, at this point for MLB. But Will they try to do the bait and switch of you get the first season free and then you have to pay for it, but how do they show that increase of subscribers that you were talking about when it's coming through a third party? Yeah. And so I think that's going to be the issue. I think that's what the the conference said. Eh, No. ESPN doesn't want any piece of it. Fox doesn't want any piece of it. You know, NBC and Peacock is not wanting a piece of it. And CBS... (laughs) <laughs> CBS is out on college sports. Um, and then time uh Warner Brothers Discovery didn't want. So it's yeah. one of these things where the Pac 12 had a had a short window of granted rights and they couldn't get nothing done except for this thing with Apple. So now the teams are schools are going, nope, we're out because we can get a better deal somewhere else. And it was just so wild to see the timeline over the last 36 hours because it was like Pac 12 is doomed. Pac-12 is saved, Pac-12 is doomed, and now everyone's hitting the, the exits. Yeah. The Pac-12 was now going to be down. Oh, God, they, they were. Are they at nine or seven? Uh, let me look. I don't want to be wrong. So, Because it would be Stanford, Washington State, Oregon State, They're currently at 12. Right now, they are 12 members. They are losing four. They've already lost. I'm sorry, they've already lost USC and UCLA. Never next season. So they'll be down to 10. They've lost four more. They'll be at six. The remaining schools will be Cal, Oregon State, Stanford, Washington State. No. Look, I missed something here. 
four schools joining the pack the Big 12, two, they're down to six, but five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. But I'm seeing it down there, they'll be down to four. I know, that's that's what I'm thinking of. The math is crazy here, okay, it's 12 schools, 10, four at six, but Arizona, Arizona State, gone. Yep. Colorado, or California State, so it's Cal's in. Colorado, gone. Oregon, gone. Oregon State, states. In. Stanford is in. USC and UCLA, out. Gone. Utah, out. Gone. Washington, out. Gone. Washington State. In. That's four. Yeah, so they're going to have to take over the Mountain West just to build out a conference. Yeah, so then the question becomes, the Big 12 will now be... Okay, I'm looking at the Big 12. Three, four, five, six, seven. We are going to be very much. They're currently, they're, they're 14 members this season. They'll be 12 next year with the losses of Oklahoma and Texas. They then have four schools now coming in. So that'll put them back to 14. So my question for the Big 12, do you keep going? So I I mean, that's the thing. So the one thing that the Big 10 and the Big 12 are going to have in common, as opposed to the SEC, is we are going to have coast-to-coast coverage. Mm-hmm. And so how much more do you really need? Do you let the Pac-12 absorb the Mountain West, which is bound to happen. I mean, San Diego State already tried to back out um, and then chose not to jump, maybe seeing the writing on the wall. So good for them. Uh, Because unless you do like the WCC, which is really only good for basketball, there isn't anything left for the Pac-12 to absorb. And we've been talking about this for several years that it's going to come down to three mega conferences. I don't know exactly how the ACC disappears. Well, that's the most of the fine bomb was talking about today and yesterday. And we'll talk about that in a second. And so, I mean, that's part of it too. I just don't know where that absorption absorption comes in. Because the big East, as far as that's concerned, that's primarily a basketball conference. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we see some of these conferences splintering off to be more, you'll have some more just basketball-centric conferences, and that's their thing. I'd be curious to see if something like that happens. Okay, I'm writing something down. I'm doing something here. I'm going to give you an idea. Okay. Um, With the teams being added, let me get this right here. All right. Currently, as the, the talking about the Big Twelve. Yep. The Big Twelve is Baylor, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oregon, uh, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, Central Florida. I think I said South Florida early in Central Florida, or in Orlando, uh, West Virginia. Now they're going to add Arizona. ASU, Colorado, 
and Utah. Did you get uh, Houston in there? Yep. Yeah. Okay. That gives them 16 teams. The Big Ten adding Oregon and Washington is at 18. Okay. Now, you've heard that there's been rumors already about Florida State wanting to leave the ACC. Yeah. ACC will be the next one rated. Now, that'll be interesting because there's going to be a couple of schools that both the Big Ten and the SEC will want. Oh, I mean, I, I'm sure the SEC would love to pull Florida State in. Yeah. Well, I think Florida has, I guess, a done deal. I think Florida State and Miami are going to end up in the SEC. I think Clemson ends up in the, in the SEC. And I think that, I think a better choice, personally, I think in Clemson, is to take North Carolina and Virginia. But I think North Carolina and Virginia might become teams 19 and 20 in the Big Ten. But what happens to Duke? I, at this point, it's not about who your in-state person is anymore. I brought that up with Tyler, and this is what I said about it. The issue is no one's hanging on to their little brother. Oregon didn't hang on to Oregon State. Washington didn't hang on to Washington State. ASU, Arizona State, and Arizona are both competitive. There is a better argument for Oregon State than Washington State. Um, no, I get, but I don't I get think that. that. But I don't think you're going to see these schools like I mean, North Carolina is one that's going to get eaten. Something going to go somewhere. And and that's and they're not going to care about. But I I would think people. that. North Carolina and Duke would travel together more likely than North Carolina and NC State. So I'm not so worried about. I don't think Duke does, does go with them. I think that, I think what we're going to see. And is there just a straight independent conference? Well, what I think we're going to see is the expansion of a couple conferences. I think that these three conferences, the SEC, the PAC, oh, the, the, I'm sorry, the Big Ten, in the Big 12, I bet they all end up at 20. Okay. It's all said and done. But my prediction. My prediction is the SEC lands Miami, Florida State, Clemson, and either North Carolina or Louisville. Okay. If they don't, then it's a North Carolina and Virginia end up. I think Virginia ends up in the in the in the Big Ten. I got the Big Ten. Now that they've added Oregon and Washington, the Big Ten now has trim right here. That's gonna put them at 18 teams. Okay. They're going to add two more. They're going to try for Virginia. It's going to be either Virginia and North Carolina or it's Stanford and Cal. I don't know. I, I don't know which two they take. I think it becomes a contest between who can give North Carolina and Virginia the better deal. The Big Ten has a better deal. The issue then becomes, 
if the Big Ten adds two more teams and goes to 20, Notre Dame is out. I I still don't think that Notre Dame, from a football perspective, cares to join a conference. And so that's why I'm wondering aloud, okay, is there a handful of schools, Notre Dame, Stanford, Duke, um, more the elite private universities, quote unquote, that from football standpoint, essentially have a standalone Clemson could join that um, football subconference. And then it's depending on where their basketball teams fall. Well, I think in the end, I think we'll see is what was the power five. Yep. The power three. Yes. As the playoff in football gets redone. The power three are all going to get their champion guaranteed to go in. They're probably going to get their second place team guaranteed in. They're also going to get where no other conference is allowed is going to be guaranteed spot. That much control with 60 teams. That much control. Hold on. They're expanding to eight starting next season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is that there won't be a guarantee of a conference champion getting in unless you're the champion of the Big 12, the Big 10, or the SEC. So, for instance, let's say that the ACC stayed intact. Yeah. The ACC does not have enough to guarantee their champions going to get into the playoff. Their champion may get in, but it may not be competitive enough because what's going to happen is – the Big Ten and the SEC and now the Big 12 will all argue they're going to have a three-loss team that's better than any champion from any other conference. Okay. Yeah, I see that. And yeah. so they're going to say no champions can get in or guaranteed to get in except for our three conferences. And if you don't want to agree with us, that's fine. We're going to make our own because we got 60 teams. The playoffs can expand past the eight at some point. Sure, and that's, that's what it all. And, and so I think the remnants. What we didn't see is like this teardrop. Let's say there's three conferences: the Big Threes, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, and the SEC. Which not that long ago, it was the Pac-12. The it really, yeah, the Pac-12 the really did a poor job on this. Um. Yeah, when they lost USC and UCLA, that was that was the death nail for them. Yep, they did not get aggressive enough to that. From there, look at the what's left of the, the four teams left from the Pac-12. What will be left from the ACC, because they're going to get rated next. The ACC teams are going to get rated are going to be Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, Virginia. Um, I'm going to look at this. I'm looking at there's somebody else I think could end up in. Those are the five I see that someone's taking. Pitt. Would be another one. It would be a very good choice for one of the last four from the Big Twelve. Yeah, especially the, West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia. Exactly. So that's why I think the Big Twelve should get aggressive and get four more. Go ahead and go to twenty now. Go ahead and make the deal that brings in. Let those last four stay in the, in the Pac twelve. Don't worry about Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, or Cal. 
if I'm the Big 12, I'm doing everything I can. You know that the, the ACC schools are now all talking. Oh, and sure. They've got, they've got a terrible TV contract. It's got 12 more years in it. Yeah. We've already seen Florida State says they want out. Yep. Miami wants out. North Carolina's going to want out. So if you're the Big 12, go to Louisville, go to Pitt, and then see if you can get Duke, and see if you can get Clemson. That would be interesting. The SEC is not as high on bringing in Clemson as people think. They've already got Vanderbilt. Not one another, another rummy you know, in sports. And, right. and, and Clemson football is going to be one of those sooner than later. And also in state, South Carolina is going to do everything they can to keep Clemson out of the SEC. Sure. Georgia is going to keep Clemson out of the SEC if they can. They're only, they're only two hours apart. And so they're going to try to keep them out as well. Um. If mm. the four teams from the Big 12, I would try to go get Louisville. I'm going to try to get Duke. But I say also um, Pitt makes a lot of sense. And I could, I mean, I'm the, for me, I go get Clemson. So I could definitely see Duke and North Carolina getting cock blocked by the Big 12. Yeah. Strictly for basketball reasons. Yeah. I have a backup plan for that as well. Louisville would be interesting. Clemson would be interesting. Pittsburgh, I think, totally makes sense. Pitt's the one that makes the most sense to me. Pitt yes. and Louisville make the most sense to me. I fully agree on that, especially with Cincinnati coming in. Um, you know, because a lot of people with this realignment are lamenting the regional or local matchups. Mm -hmm. You just recreate them in different ways. Yeah. So I don't think that we would take in any true blue blood basketball programs in the Big 12. I just don't see it oh, happening. Here's what I'll say. If you don't get Duke... I think it's probably a better fit anyway. I know you get Memphis. Memphis would be interesting. They also play football. They do. Um, that would be interesting. That'd be my next choice. And so that's what I, I think there. Now the SEC is sitting on 16 when they add Oklahoma, they add Oklahoma and Texas next year. I think Miami and Florida State are shoeings. I think the SEC is going to try to get Virginia and North Carolina. It's all going to depend on if the Big Ten is interested in those two schools. The Big Ten can offer more money at this point than the SEC can, which we would have never said that 18 months ago. Right. You know, and that's, that's a strange deal. But but then you got to wonder, well, does ESPN come in and go to the SEC and say, all right, we'll give you more money. Let's get North Carolina 
and let's get and let's let's get you North Carolina, let's get you Florida State, let's get you Miami, and let's go get you Virginia. So here's the question that may drive more of this than what we think. If Disney is honestly going to spin off ESPN mm-hmm. to private equity or wherever else. It's been talked about. Where's the money coming from and who's going to be able to leverage that platform? Yeah. So that's my one concern for the SEC now is that ESPN is not spending money. No, they're cutting. They're cutting <laughs> money. I mean, they're, they're cutting money left and right. And the only thing they've spent any money on in the last year is adding Pat McAfee. And <laughs> cutting, and, and I like that. So I, I do too. It's just, again, I think it's ridiculous that they've fully platformed him, but. Oh, I, he's going to bring so many heat. He's an easy, cheap answer compared to what they've been doing at that time slot. Which is fair. No one watches ESPN for their daytime shit anymore anyway. So. No, I, I, I that's a whole other subject I can get into. I can tell you the moment they made the big mistake, but we'll, we'll go to that later. Um, but yeah, if I'm the Big 12, I'm going to 20 right now. I'm going to my partners and I'm saying, okay, guys, we're going to do this. This is who we want. Help us out. I think assuming, assuming that Arizona State and uh, Utah, in fact, come on board, which I anticipate that to be true. They will let it settle for a year before chasing something else. I think Yormack, the um, commissioner of the Big 12, probably has some sort of plan in place to be able to continue to eat the elephant, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that what we're going to see is, you know, Apple just got told. Apple got to make a deal for the Pac-10, Pac-12, and it falls apart. Apple and Amazon become your third party. There's a lot of content when you got 20 teams that you can't put on ESPN or ESPN Plus. You don't have as much much road there, but you can throw it on Amazon, and you can throw it on you can throw it on Prime, or you can throw it on Apple. Yeah. And, and it's a lot of the secondary, money. yeah. And it's a lot of the secondary yeah. stuff. That yeah, they, that's, where you, that's where if you're the big, if you're the, you know, if you're the SEC, and you've got the Mississippi State Tennessee game on Saturday night, that's going to Apple TV. That's yeah. going to Amazon. You know, because that same night, you know, Alabama's playing Oklahoma. Yeah. But it's not it's not even that. It's the self-generated team story kind of background stuff that LTN was doing or the Pac-12 network or even the Big 12 network, also known as ESPN Plus, where they try to generate stuff about the different schools and their programs yeah. that you can offload probably at a somewhat higher quality, I would think. Yeah. With Prime well, and and Apple TV, and Amazon shown that they've got high quality. They they put these things together. Yeah. They go with the NFL. You know they'll be able to do this. 
And what I predicted, I just saw it. I was watching something on Amazon a couple nights ago. And I predicted this on Tyler's pod. We're going to see Apple. We're going to see on Prime. When you are watching a game, you're going to see commercials with a click here. Oh, a thousand percent. It's coming. It's 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 not even a click here. It's scan the QR QR code. Yeah, we haven't talked about it already. That's coming. And I I was watching the program, and it literally happened. And I was like, I took a picture of it and sent to Tyler Johnson. Told you it was coming. Yeah. And he was like, Holy shit! I was like, Yeah. I was literally watching something on Prime a few nights ago. It could have been about a month ago, maybe. And I was like, Oh, there it is. During the commercial, they're going to start doing during the game. Why not? They can just have it on the cryon uh-huh. scrolling. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you and see, you see having... them now. So I watch like Good Morning America and tie in just to catch local traffic, news, whatever. They'll have stuff. They'll have a QR code yeah. built in right there yeah. to say scan here to get more information about this. But now you can do it more, even more targeted. Yeah. You have to a large audience. So if you're the big 12, you can get these games on the Amazon somehow. And you've got the, let's call it a Colorado, Iowa State football game. Now you can say, well, what do those two places have in common this time of year? Okay, yeah, it's cold, it's snowing. It's, you know, what what do we have at Amazon that we can sell these people? That's It's going to be, it's amazing what they're going to come up with. So and here, that's what Amazon can do. And that's where I think Amazon is going to get into this. But I think sure. they're going to the third tier. They're going to go down to the lowest, the cheapest part. They're not going to be the primary for anybody. There was never, that was never going to happen. They, they, they started it with the NFL. They own Thursday nights now, but they used that as the, the test. And now they know, okay, now we're going to be able to say, let's do this. It's because nobody else can do that. ESPN can't do that. I mean, they can have Fanatics commercials and have a deal with Fanatics. And Apple could do the same thing. Use Apple Pay at Fanatics, which is what I predict will happen there. But Amazon's not going to be talking about wanting you to buy a new TCU sweatshirt. They're going to talk about something you need for your home or your car or right. something like that. You know, that, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be product placement in a whole new way. Oh, and in in ways that we, it's not so blatant. It it's very hidden. But here's the thought that I have that I'm sure some people are talking about. I just haven't seen a ton of it mm-hmm. with going to a big three conference structure. Where's the swapping? So does Nebraska come back to the Big 12? Do we get a true realignment of what used to be the Big 8? No. Built out. Does West Virginia leave because they've gotten into the SEC with Pitt or the Big 10, whatever? Is there swapping that's going to happen within the Big 3 that really – realigns to what we grew up with the geography no i don't think it happens uh here's why there's twofold one i don't think the geography makes any difference anymore 
um, we see this expansion. I mean, the Big 12 literally has a school in Florida and is now going to have two schools in Arizona. And we've got one in West Virginia. Yeah, and it, yes, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and Utah. Don't forget what, the two in Utah. Yeah, two, two in Utah. Um, <laughs> yay. Um, but I, the reason I think is that no, like, so the, the, the schools that are getting screwed in this deal, if you want to call it this, over into Pac-12, Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, and Cal, they're getting left behind. Yeah. It's because they're not big-name schools and because they're not – there's no value to them to be added because each conference already has a school like that. The Big Ten has already got Purdue – and Indiana and the pack the, the the Big 12 has already got Iowa State and Kansas State. The SEC already has Vanderbilt. <laughs> the, these are schools that look, they got lucky. They were in a place. It's like being, you know, old money in in a group. Like somehow. Right. You're one of the first investors, and you're still there with the stock. You know, Tyler asked me, he asked me that same question in his pod, and then he said something about, well, do you see a team kick somebody out? Like, the example was, would the SEC consider kicking Vanderbilt out? Well, no. No, they won't, because even though they could replace it with numerous teams that would be a better fit, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. And once it happens once, I mean, you're going to lose all that money. You're going to lose a big chunk of that money. Vanderbilt was part of the, of the granting of rights. Same as Kansas State was. Same as Iowa State was. But there's sure. no value to Iowa State in the Big 12. Not when the Big 12 could go get Louisville or Clemson. Louis, the Big 12, theoretically, could make a play for Florida State right now. And Florida State would be more eyes than Iowa State. I guess my thought is with the swapping of teams, it's not kicking teams out. Yeah. It's just a natural realignment. But the deals are different too. If you're they Nebraska, are. you're not leaving the Big Ten. That's too good a deal. Fair. Missouri wouldn't want to go back to the Big 12 right now. Too good a deal in the SEC. Hey, humiliation for money, we all do it. Yeah, I mean, that's they, they, they took the money. Every team in the Big 12, if you look at it, would take the money to go to the SEC tomorrow. They'd take the money to go to the Big 10 tomorrow. Okay. But nobody in the Big Ten would take the money to leave to go to the SEC now because the money's too good in the Big Ten. The Big Ten is up the money on the SEC. Right. I thought that would happen, and it happened a year ago. And, I mean, look, I mean, Rutgers is in the Big Ten. It makes no sense that Rutgers is in the Big Ten, but Rutgers is getting more money from the Big Ten Conference than LSU is from the SEC. Well, and that was the first wild, like, oh. gathering yeah. that 
the Big Ten, they took Rutgers because they won the New York. New, won the New York market. They thought that was going to get it. And here we are. So there is a lot of teams going to be left in limbo by this. And I've heard people say the big, and you, you made the mention of it. The Big 12 should take these teams, sit and wait. No. Go to 20 now. Grab the four teams you covet the most. Do it now. And raid the ACC now while you can. Because right now, the whispers are already there. Florida sure. State went public. Yeah. If, there are, if they went public with it, other schools are talking about it. If they want public saying they want to partner with private equity. Then they know they want out. They want out of that contract. They're going to find a way. And all yeah. they have to do is get six members to say we're all gone. And now you look. If you figure the Big 12 has four spots, the SEC has four spots, and the Big 10 has two, that's 10 open spots. These ACC schools, the top tier ones, they all want to be one of those 10 teams. Yeah. That's why Oregon and Washington jumped this time. They were saying two months ago, Oregon and Washington were committed to the Big 12. The, sure. The 12. They're not. Well, they, there was there was finite number of seats available. We're playing musical chairs, and the seats are getting pulled. And they also and wanted like, to be shown the money, and the yeah. Pac-12 couldn't show yeah. them the money. Yeah, the Big 12 just took four of them, you know, with Colorado now. And I'm just seeing up here, they just said that um, on ESPN as we're recording this, that Arizona State and yep. Utah are formally applying to the Big 12. Yeah. That leaves that's your four. Yeah. With Colorado and Arizona and they haven't applied. So 16, 16 and 18 of those three conferences, they're all going to go to 20. And then would it be funny? Or would it be, I guess not funny, would it be interesting to see those three conferences now get to go and negotiate a national football national championship contract. They're going to expand that motherfucker as far as they can expand. Eight teams is nothing. This thing's going to 16, maybe even 32. It won't go 32. They I, won't I, I don't think 32 either, but some kind of way to get to more than 16 where you got maybe a couple of buys, 20 teams get in. You know, with some kind of, I don't know how those numbers would end up working, but you have to give some people. Yeah, some- I'm not sure that they could jigger it the way that you get the first four. Yeah, and they're going to find a way to try to give buys to champions. Sure, but then what you have to then do, where my point is going with this, those three conferences are going to have to then somehow uniformly decide on a conference champion. Does that mean they go to divisions? Does that mean they? How do they do that? That's what's going to have to be then uniform so those things are equal, because those three are the ones who have the power. The Big 12 was smart. They, The new commissioner of the Big 12. Brett Yormack went out done a fantastic job. And, and what he's done is he's not just given them a life raft. He's actually built them into, I mean, I think they're the second tier, but they're going to be in, it's going to be three big conferences. Yeah. I thought, you know, two or three years ago, I said it was going to be four 
16 team conference, 64 teams. I predicted it was going to be the SEC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, I thought would be the one that makes it, and something of the ACC. The remnants of what was left of the Big 12 and the best teams from the ACC would come together. And at the time, it was because I had no confidence in the leadership of the Big 12. Right. I mean, when they went down to 10, it was like, okay, you got to try it for But they flipped the switch here. And they've done it. They've done a good job. So, whew. That is uh, a lot going on <laughs> in college sports right now. Yes. Um, before we go to the next subject, I do want to talk about our great sponsor here. Can't bet on who's going to be where, but we can bet on a lot of other stuff right now. Football season's almost here. We're only a few weeks out. Baseball season, we're to pass the trade deadline. We'll talk about that next. But if you're not on DraftKings, you got to get on DraftKings. And DraftKings is a great sponsor for us right now. If you follow our link in our show notes and use that to join, to join DraftKings, when you make your first deposit of $100 or more, they're going to give you $150 in free bets. It's a great experience. I like DraftKings. I use it constantly. And now we have the Coach Bo Knows Podcast group. Yes. So if you're on DraftKings, and we, we haven't put this full forward out there yet, we're going to get this out to a few more people and you can get it out in our Twitter spaces and everything else. But if you... You can join our group and you can share and talk trash. You can be like, Coach Bo knows what the fuck he's talking about on this bed. He's <laughs> wrong, but at least I'll criticize you later for criticizing me. Uh, but you can have some fun with it. And you can share bets and share ideas. It's like a whole new community inside of DraftKings. So check that out. We're going to share the link to um, – also on our Twitter, we'll be sharing that link to the uh, bonus as well as the group link. We'll be sharing that out every so often just to make people remind people of that. You can go back and look at our Twitter feed. You'll see it there as well. Uh, but we'll also have it in the show notes for the pod. So we thank DraftKings. Uh, remember to gamble responsibly and to uh, do not extend yourself. Don't get crazy, but have some fun. And join us at DraftKings. E, um, you and I are both baseball people. Yep. And... My favorite part of the season, just traveling by, my second favorite part of the season, the, I guess the playoffs are my favorite, but the trade deadline. Yeah. And we had some movement. We saw a lot about what teams think of themselves. And that's what this really tells you. This really tells you what teams think of their chances in the last two months of the season. Yeah. The biggest chip out there was Shohei Otani. And the Angels did not trade Shohei Otani. Uh, matter of fact, the Angels actually added. Uh, they want to make a run. They think they're good enough, and they made a run. They brought up two of their biggest prospects um, who are now playing every day. They brought up they brought in Mike Moustakis in a trade about three weeks ago now. Yeah. And then they added Lucas Giolito who to me was one of those three pitchers behind Otani. Well, three pitchers, the three best pitchers. Otani's a good pitcher, but he's not the top three that were available. I was shocked when I saw Lucas Giolito get traded to the Angels uh, from the White Sox. It shows the White Sox know they're out. They've dumped everything they could from Lucas Giolito to Jake Berger to 
literally anything they can sell for for cash they took. Um, but what do you think? The Angels trying to go all in and try to make a run. I'm not sure that it's actually the Angels going all in or if it's trying to convince Otani that they're willing to invest around him because Trout is aging out. And so the team has to be built around Otani, not Trout, and they never did a good job about building around Trout so if I were Otani, I wouldn't feel very confident in these moves. Well, I made mention of the Otani thing that you know we would know a lot about the Angels. They screwed this up the last offseason. You know, they the owner Artie Moreno decides he's going to sell the Angels, and then he's not going to sell the and Angels. And he doesn't sell them. But the big and the reason he didn't sell the team was that he couldn't find a buyer to give him the premium he wanted because he had both Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on his team. Right. The team potential buyer knew that, hey, Shohei Otani's not under contract next season. I'm not paying you extra for Shohei Otani. He's not going to be here. Right. So now the Angels go ahead. And I, I don't disagree. I think you're right. It's This is going to be a little bit of, can we impress Otani enough to – be in the discussion with him uh, going into this offseason. As I'm looking at this now, the Angels are currently two games above 500. They are four games back of the wild card. And that doesn't seem like a lot, but when you've got three teams between you and those two, and those three wild card spots, and they're four games back of the first wild card, eight and nine and a half. Of the first wild card, so you're not going to catch the top two. You're hoping to catch Toronto, yeah. Who kind of stayed put? They didn't add a whole lot, but between them, you're sitting there with the Mariners who dumped the, the Mariners dumped the whole, and they could sell it except for Leo Rodriguez. They sold the Yankees who didn't buy. Surprisingly, did not buy at the trade deadline. Uh, they but they realize who they are. They're not a good team. And the Red Sox, my Boston Red Sox, who also did not add after the trade deadline. But then there's a huge drop-off after the Angels. So if there's one team out of those four that could get in there with the Rays, the Astros, and the Jays currently, it's maybe that Angels team, but they're so inconsistent they're not playing good enough ball to get in. And now these the Red Sox keep hanging on. The Yankees keep hanging in there. And the Mariners just took two out of three from the Red Sox. Yeah. He got back above the, the Angels. The Angels just lost again last night. They lost three in a row now as we're recording. Um, you know, the Angels have a shot. They get Trout back in a couple in a few weeks. They're having the hope that Mike Trout comes in and Mike Trout old, you know. He was just getting hot, and then he's hurt again. Sure, Trout's Mickey Mantle in this in this of this generation. I mean, he's the best damn player, but he always gets hurt. Yeah. Um, so that was my first take was the was the Angels piece. I think it really hadn't got talked about much because the Otani thing, and we'll get into Otani's free agency later because that's going to be a huge offseason story. 
It will be. It'll be the biggest offseason yeah. story. And there's going to be a lot going into that. Yep. And I think we're going to see four or five teams get very aggressive for interesting reasons. I'll talk about that when we get out there. But uh, okay. the Angels want to talk about. Then I mentioned there was teams that didn't do a lot. The Yankees, the Red Sox. Um, the Jays didn't add a whole lot. Uh, they think they're a good team. They think they're just not playing well. That's the American League. On the National League side, it's moved around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Right now, your three wildcard teams are the Giants, the Phillies, the Reds. A week and a half ago, the Diamondbacks were in there. And the Marlins have fallen back. Now, the next three teams are the Marlins, the Diamondbacks, the Cubs. Um, the Padres were one of those that dumped. They, they, were, well, they didn't dump as much as we thought they were, but they clearly feel like they're not going to be competitive. But the Giants added a couple of pieces, nothing big. They didn't go get any of the big names. Phillies didn't add a big name. They think that um, the Phillies did add uh, Michael Lorenzen, which I think is an underrated piece, getting a starter. And they're just hoping to get a couple of pieces healthy and try to get some help at first base for Bryce Harper. Right. And the Reds didn't add a big name or a lot. Which was a little bit surprising. But I thought, I thought they were going to add a pitcher. I thought they were going to go to the big three. The Cubs went in, though, and picked up their third baseman. They picked up a little bit on pitching. Yeah. You know, and I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the, the guy that they picked up at third base, but in his first three games he had something like i don't know his batting average was huge he was just hitting off the chain about candelera yes yeah yeah um and and yeah that's the the, the, what's strange in this thing with the cubs is that again they're a team that's sitting there two and a half games back yeah i mean you got to pass two other teams but that margin of error, the Giants are only two and a half games up. Yeah. On the third wild card. So, you know, I look at it if you're the if, if you're the the Cubs, the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, you got a chance. The Marlins added a couple of small pieces. The Diamondbacks were the ones that got aggressive in the in their end. They went and got Paul Seawald, the closer from the Mariners. And then added Tommy Fan to get him a veteran a veteran bat. Yep. They didn't go for Paul Goldschmidt, which I thought that was going to happen. I thought the Cardinals were going to trade Goldschmidt. I thought they were going to trade Goldschmidt and Arenado, frankly. Well, I think that they're going to keep Arenado. I think it's the with Goldschmidt, the only That's guy in the contract for the rest of the season and next season. Okay. And I thought that the Diamondbacks made sense. They, you know, that was their guy. They really like. Uh, Christian Walker at first. I thought Goldschmidt would platoon with him and be their DH. Instead, they go get Tommy Fan from the Mets. Of course, it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. Tommy Fan. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, but they added a closer. That was the one thing the Diamondbacks desperately needed was a closer. Uh, they lost a lot of late games. I mean, they lost, I, I don't remember the one run. Oh, God, I got to remember. It was something like they had lost seven games in the eighth or ninth before the all-star break. Sure. It's like, man, you can't lose a lead in the eighth and ninth. 
They didn't have a real closer. They were trying to put uh, Chafin as the closer. And Andrew Chafin's not a, a, not a, a ninth inning guy. He's a, he's a, a lefty. You get lefties out. So um, the Diamondbacks, I think, are the team that could do something. The Marlins are sneaky good. They like they don't score a lot of runs. Their run differential is one of the worst among any team above 500 in the league. I think they're they are actually last in run differential of any okay. team with a 500 record. They're actually negative. Their teams have outscored them, but they pick you off. And it's funny. I've seen a couple of games now the last couple of weeks where they've eighth and ninth inning. They're down one, and they get a couple of runners on. Then Ariz comes up. Base hit, but he gets two hits every goddamn game. Yeah. And then boom, they're they're winning five four. It's like, okay, yeah. It, it's funny. We made a lot of fun of Derek Jeter as the yes. Marlins front office. He did not leave the cupboard bare. That's solid team. Those he's got a lot of good young players. And it's like, oh, he might have known a little bit about the fuck he was talking about. He doesn't have any big names. They ain't a big name in that clubhouse, but they're not a bad team. Yeah, they're challenging to watch. Okay, plus Alcantara has plus they had Sandy Alcantara, who was the Cy Young winner last year, who was awful the first two months of the season, and now he's getting more. Yeah, that's a team that again, I it'll be interesting to see. The Reds are going to ride out the Ellie De La Cruz train. Yes. Yeah. And why not? I mean, he's, I would too. He's exciting. He's he's one of those exciting Quite players fun. in the league, and uh, and he's a rookie. He's only in his first fifty games, um, which was funny. I got to talk to when we were at the national. I will talk about it later. But the national we get to meet Johnny Bench. And awesome. I did ask him. So, what do you think of this team? He says, "I like." He said, "I like this team a lot." He says, "Watch." He says, "Vado is going to get hot at the end of the season." Okay. He said, Votto's going to lead that team. They're going to make the playoffs. And I tend to listen to what Johnny Bench tells me. Hey, I was just glad that the Cubs swept him. So, yeah. So, yeah, at the same time, a couple days later, they get swept by the Cubs. So, yeah. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see. I I, I kind of like the Diamondbacks that come out of there. I feel like they, they, they're the one team that I think can do it. The Giants are playing just so far above their talent. It's amazing. And I thought the Giants would be the team that was going to make the big enough deal to get Otani. I thought that one made a lot of sense to me. But I don't know. It's, it didn't happen. Uh, the other big – the big names that did get moved, uh, the Dodgers added um, Ahmed Rosario from the Mets, Lance Lynn from the White Sox, Kike Hernandez from the Red Sox. They're just – they want to be the best team one through twenty-seven, and they I, mean, I mean, come on, Kike. How how many times has he played with the Dodgers? This is like his third run there. He was going to get DFA by the Red Sox because of Trevor Story's coming back. They already made a trade, brought another middle infielder. So Hernandez was going to be the odd man out there, and he's had a rough year. But he's a late inning defensive guy. Yeah, hit once in a while. I mean, the Dodgers want to be. One through twenty-five, the best team. They want the twenty-five best players they can get. Sure. And and they did that. They're 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 better with their bullpen as well. The big two, though, and this is where the arms race is now. The Mets not only drop fans. Mets dumped. Ha, 
um, Fan and Kaha and, um, and and a couple other people, Rosario, they traded both of the big pitchers. They went and spent all the money on this offseason. Yep. Traded Max Scherzer to the, to the Rangers. And then right before the end of the trade deadline, Justin Verlander gets traded back to the Astros. The Astros won this deal. This is amazing. Now the oh, Astros did give up. The Astros did give up their best prospect, their number one prospect. That's what they gave to the Mets. But think about it. They got Verlander, a guy they wanted to sign in the offseason. They get him for the rest of this season and next. And Verlander has an option for a third season. Yeah, forty million. Which they'll gladly, the, the Astros will gladly pay, but they didn't have to pay for two thirds of the season. Well, that's that's the thing, and I don't know how much of that contract the Mets are carrying. They as gave, part they, of that they, trade, they 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 paid for this for I think they gave another fifteen million to the Astros. Okay, what I heard. So, um, I'm sorry, that's not correct. I don't think they gave anything to the Astros. They gave $15 million to the Rangers for Scherzer. Okay. The Scherzer deal. But, I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so crazy to see the new ownership of the Mets go, and, of course, he's a billionaire. He can do whatever he wants with his own money, dump all this money in, have the Mets fail spectacularly, and then he's dumping all of his money out on somebody else. And so I have no idea what the Mets are going to be doing in the offseason. I'd be curious to see what that looks like. Ooh. But it's such a sea change in one organization within basically nine months. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So in December, you know, the Mets start. Steve Cohen's the new owner of the Mets, buys him last year. He's a billionaire. He doesn't give a fuck. He spent a shitload of money in his team. Yeah. He went and, he went and got Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. Um, they went and then got guys and just kept adding and kept adding. They sold them all. Yeah. And they said, look, I mean, Scherzer, they didn't want to pay for the long the length of his contract. It's a few more years. Um, but what really ran the Mets off the cliff at the beginning here was the injury to Edwin Diaz in the WBC. They lose their closer and the most popular pitcher they had. I mean, he was the guy that shut shuts down. He shortens games. Right. And a lot of times he was pitching the eighth and the ninth in the last couple of years, which is really kind of unheard of. But he'd pitch a four or five out save just because he needed to. You know, Pete Alonso hasn't been uh, healthy on the offensive side. Jeff McNeil has fallen off quite a bit. And so you have those pieces not perform. Scherzer and Verlander, it doesn't really matter if you got two aces, if you might have closed the game. Yeah. It score runs. And so what I did find interesting about Steve Cohen, the owner, was that he had a press conference, I think it was three weeks, two or three weeks before, before the um, before the All-Star break, where he came out and said, I'm not angry, but players have to play better. It, yeah. was, it was the best I've ever seen of an owner saying, look, I gave you a lot of fucking tools and you fucked it up. Yeah. 
but he said, I'm not, he says, management, Terry Collins has run his team well. It's not, he says, our players do have to play better. And we're paying a lot of money to these players. And he did it in a way that it's, it was almost like he was just disappointed, not angry. It was like, God, I, I, it's almost like he was being apologetic to his fans. Well, I, because he built it up like he yeah. was going to be this owner who built up this fabulous team and the Mets were finally going to get back to the pinnacle and they shat the bed. It could, yeah, they have. And so I guess the story goes in the Verlander trade that the Mets had two massive offers, the Astros and the Red Sox. And they went to Verlander and said, we are not going to go all in again for 2024. And Verlander says, get me out of here. They said, which place you want to go to? He's in Houston. Well, I mean, he knows Houston. Yeah. He he had two Cy Youngs there. He won a World Series there. That's where he wants to go. He gets to get back with his buddy, Alex Bregman. Um, You know, it's like his, like, just like, just like, Alex Bregman is his Barney to Fred Flintstone, I guess. <laughs> uh, he, I guess he loves Alex Bregman. Um, and he wanted to be with him again. Uh, I watched the, um, the Astros-Yankee game on Thursday night. It was on Apple TV. I was watching it. I'm not, it was on Fox. And I watched it. And they interviewed Dusty Baker. And to see Dusty Baker, he was giddy. Until they, they mentioned that Justin Verlander was back. I'd love that. He was like, he was like, yeah, he's back. He was here today. We're so happy to have him back. We're gonna have him this season. We're gonna have him next season. We're I have never seen Dusty Baker. I mean, who is stoic and is just is even keel as you can be. He was like one of us saying, Hey man, we got fucking Justin Verlander coming in here. He was excited. Yeah, now it'll be interesting. I, I don't know. I get incredibly frustrated living in Denver and seeing the lack of anything that the Rockies ownership cares to do. They just want to pull the profits off of Coors Field and the surrounding areas that they built up. And after they traded Arenado after that max contract um marquez got injured another max contract it's just i mean they signed bryant to that huge contract which i was thrilled for being cubs fan i don't know what it is at some point that makes ownership realize that they have to invest and i saw this for with the cubs for a very long time and it was you know, that late 90s stretch where they drafted Mark Pryor and had Kerry Wood and all of a sudden they were going after free agents and seemed to want to do something. Yeah. And I just, I I hate that I live in a city where I can see decent baseball when other teams are in town. Yeah. And I got to see a great comeback win of the Rockies against the Yankees in person. And that was a ton of fun, but fuck man. Yeah. 
Well, maybe invest in your product a little bit to you know, get the return that you actually want. It's funny you say that because I mean, well, obviously I'm here in Lawrence and it's Kansas yeah. and Royals are the same Royals. Year, per generation. So for more than they had two great years in yeah. essence. And from there, the last 30 have been just shit awful, same kind of thing. But the team it seems to have done this right. And the way you actually build a franchise, the Astros were the blueprint. The Astros did add Justin Verlander, and they did, you know, a couple of years ago, and they won the World Series with him. And But if you look at who they brought up, the guys who came up in their organization, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, George Springer, Alex Bregman, they had all of them, and they came through their organization. Right. The Blue Jays have done the same thing with Vladimir Guerrero and um, – uh, Bo Bichette and, and a few of those people. And then they went and added George Springer to be their veteran. That's how you do it. It isn't like the over the thing that people think are kind of overrated, what the Mets did wrong is that it's not about adding three or four big free agents. It's about adding the one or two veterans to your young base. And the team that's also getting it right now, who's in first place in their division, is a team that just went and got somebody, the Texas Rangers. The Rangers, you could argue, they said, well, they spent a bunch of money on Corey Seager. They spent a bunch of money on Jacob deGrom, who now has, has to have Tommy yeah. Johnson surgery. Yeah. So they get Scherzer in a trade to basically replace deGrom this year because they're in first place and they're wicked good. And yes, they did add Corey Seager two off-seasons ago, and it was a big contract when he went from the Dodgers to the Rangers. But the difference was the Rangers already had Josh Young, uh, Nathaniel Lowe, Adolis Garcia, who we saw at the Home Run Derby this year as well, um, and, they, and then um, the catcher. Oh, I love the catcher. Um, Jacob uh, Hyde who's currently hurt, but Jacob Heim, I really like. Uh, he's in the DL right now, or the IL right now. Um, but he'll be back in a couple of weeks. They had this core of young players all come together. They're all playing well. They had five all-star starters. Yeah. And they bring them all out, and they went and got Seager and Marcus Simeon, who was just a solid, solid player in Oakland. Those years he was in Oakland. Didn't cost you what a top-line free agent was, but brought you a veteran. Right. They spent the money on two guys, which was smart. One gets hurt. They go and make a trade to um, to get Scherzer. Now, they did give up the Rangers to give up their number one prospect. That's still down on the farm. It's actually Ronald Acuna's younger brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen that. So. That's the Mets got a haul of prospects coming back. They got the Rangers number one prospect. They got the Astros number one prospect. So they they decided, okay, we don't have the big name pitchers now. Diaz is hurt. We know he won't be ready till you know part of the way into 2024. Let's get these young guys ready for 2025. All they're going to have to do, they've got Francisco Lindor under a huge long term contract, right? Lock up Pete Alonzo, and you've got your two big bat, two big bats. 
fill the rest in from there. Um, I like the Rangers a lot. Okay. I'm going as far as I've kind of switched teams on this. Um, I said I liked the Blue Jays at the beginning of the year, and then the Rays yes. came out and were huge. I did think that people would catch up to the Rays a little bit. I'm picking the Rangers to win the American League. Okay. I'll tell you why. I love that they they get behind in games. They'll be down three, four, nothing in the game. And they're going to win. They're still going to win. I watched them a few nights ago. They're down three, nothing in the third. And then you just look, look up. It's sixth and it's five, three. Then it's five, four. And you go, okay, they won. They're up. They went and got Chapman at the back of the bullpen, who's not my favorite guy. Not no. the oldest Chapman guy, but that's a piece you can get in the back of your bullpen. It's a pretty solid piece. Sure. But the other piece I like is sitting in the dugout. Bruce Bochy's a Hall of Famer. Do like Bruce Hall of Famer. If he wins with this team, he should absolutely get in the Hall of Fame. As a manager, uh, he won three World Series in San Francisco. Yeah, ever really had. I mean, he had Buster Posey and and uh, Evan Longoria, Madison Bumgarner. But if you look, none of those guys are like world changing. He doesn't have that here either. But they just keep winning, and he makes some decisions that are incorrect. And I just I watch him manage games, and I go, man, that guy's got it. Yeah. So I think it's going to come down to the Rangers and the Astros. Okay. I think those are the two best teams left. I think the, the Jays are going to get caught. I think the Jays are too far back to really kind of catch up to the Rays. Um, I'd like to see the Orioles add a pitcher, but the Orioles are a 2024 team. Most and they the surprised Orioles, everyone this yeah, season. Yeah. We, I thought they'd be good. I said this team's going to finish 500, and I said they won't finish last in the American, in the American League East, which is something. Because every team's about 500 in the American League East. Every team in the American League East, I'm going to make sure I'm right on this because I saw this a couple days ago. I couldn't believe it. Every team in the American League East would be in first place in the American League Central. Wow. Um, every team in the American League East would be in first place in the National League Central. Mm. Yes. I mean, unbelievable. It's like, okay, the Orioles are in first in the American League East. If they'd have added a pitcher, if they'd have added Scherzer or Verlander or Giolito, then I would give them the edge. But there's a landing spot there for a pitcher this offseason. Okay. Go to Baltimore, and they got money to spend. They don't have anybody under under a huge contract. Um Someone will go there and go, yeah, let's just build this team out. Someone's going to be the Verlander to the Astros. Sure. The Warriors team. They're just a year away. But right now, I like the Rangers and the Astros in the American League. Let's see how it goes. Okay. In the National League, we've got the best team in baseball right now, and that's the Atlanta Braves, who are just hotter than donut grease. Matt Olson is maybe going to win. They got one and two in the National League MVP race. Yeah. I mean, Matt Olson's a 40, a 38 home, 30 or 39 home runs. He hasn't hit the 40 yet. Otani hit the 40th uh, last night. But Ronald Acuna is going to become a 40 40 guy, which is going to be amazing if someone do 40 40 nowadays. 40 home runs, and, 40 stolen bases. And the Braves picked up Nicky Lopez 
from yeah, the Rockies. That's a good that's a good late inning bat and a guy you can trust in the outfield and yeah. pretty much anywhere on the field. Uh it was a good little pickup. They didn't add any big names. They didn't have to. I mean, they scored. They scored runs like nobody else. Them and the Dodgers just throw runs at you. They just throw big innings at you. Um, the nationally, the NLCS will be the Dodgers and the and the Braves. Um, well, and that's what was so crazy after the All-Star break is how hot the Cubs had gotten for that exact same reason. Yeah. And then, of course, they just got um, just beaten down by yeah. Atlanta today. So <laughs> yeah, the Braves are so good. And the Braves just all of a sudden hit you with a five-run inning. And you're like, right. oh, shit. Because Acuna gets on and creates a ruckus. Olsen ends up hitting somebody in. Riley gets hot. It's a big dude. Austin Riley's a big dude. Yeah. Um, their lineup's just stacked. And even the guys in the back end of the lineup, the Michael Harris's and the Ozzy Alves are are contributing. They're getting on base. And then Acuna comes back up. Which is what the Dodgers do at the later there, the end of their lineup. They sure. get those couple fast guys back eight and nine in the fifth and sixth inning. They get on, draw a walk, get a base hit. Well, now here goes Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Right. The, the greatest, and I'm going to say it, I'll get killed for this maybe, the greatest one-two in the history of baseball. I, I dare anyone to find a, a, a one and two in a lineup better than Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. I'm sure there is better, but. And look, I, I couldn't find, I mean, I would look, I was like, I was like, Pete Rose and Johnny Bench were at one, two. I mean, I, I literally couldn't find it anywhere. I couldn't find one, two. You can find three, four. I mean, Ruth and Garrett. Sure. Know, you know, Mantle and Maris, you know, stuff like that. But a leadoff hitter and a two hitter. I can't think of a better combo than Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Okay. And by the way, there's a trick if you're on DraftKings with us. I have hit this at least four or five times now. The same game parlay of two total bases for each of them and an RBI for each of them hits a lot. Good tip. Yeah. Take that with the Dodgers on the money line and you'll probably cash. You won't cash all the time. You won't cash half. She'll cash 30 or 40% of the time. And you're going to get about eight to 10 to one. So when you get that little, you know how DraftKings is also really cool with their bonuses. Yes. Extra you know, every day you're getting either a same game parlay bonus or a, you know, some kind of parlay bonus. Take that sucker, put it on those five. Mookie two total bases, Freddie two total bases. Each of them to have an RBI and the Dodgers to win. And you're going to hit one a week, and you're going to hit it with a bonus. You're going to hit it at twelve to fifteen to one. Yeah. And, and those bonuses are usually limited to five or ten dollar bets, so which is go, fine. Yeah, don't do it for fifty dollars. Do it for ten dollars or five dollars. You're gonna win more at the when you get the extra bonus added to it. You're gonna yep. win enough to cover it doing it almost every game. For sure. Don't do it against a good starting pitcher. Like tonight, they're playing a game against a starting pitcher. It's a good pitcher. I was like, they're playing against um, Hugh Darvish tonight. Oh, better tonight because Darvish is going to shorten the game. He's going to you're going to have two at bats for each other that are going to be outs, and you're probably not going to have the eight nine guys get on early in the game, right? In in innings three and four in front of Mookie. 
But if Mookie drives in a run, he's usually standing on second. Freeman comes up, gets a base hit. There's your RBI. Right. One day last week I was watching, I did it. It was actually about 10 days ago. I did that bet, and we were in the bottom of the eighth. The Dodgers were winning by like three. You know they're not going to play in the ninth. They're at home, so they're not going to bat in the ninth. Betts comes up with a runner on second and two outs, doubles the center over the center fielder's head. I needed him to get the RBI. I needed one more base because he had a base earlier. So I was like, okay, he doubles. That's two bases. The RBI, I win. It was like a 14 to 1. Nice. So there you go. But speaking of the Dodgers, the Giant has awoken and they ain't fucking around. I hate the Dodgers. I I usually don't go with LA teams. They have my favorite player. And I don't think you can and I don't know how you can't like Freddie Freeman. And there's no player on that team to dislike. So I'm kind of with them. I'm like, this goes. I have players that I dislike, including Freddie Freeman, um, on the Dodgers. So how do you dislike Freddie Freeman? Because he's a dick. No, Freddie Freeman's a cool dude. No, he wasn't. Did you meet him or something? No, it's just he was one of those dudes who was just like, it's his old school baseball. Yeah, but he's come around on that. Yeah, you kind of have to. There's no old school baseball guys left. The uh, well, Justin the- Turner can fuck all the way off. I like the Red Menace. I don't care. He gave COVID to half of his team. That's true. He did give COVID to half of his team. So he can fuck all the way off. So that is true. He did keep COVID dams too. Um, but he's a Red Sox now. He's not a Dodger. I don't care. I still hold it against the Dodgers. Um, um the Dodgers also get Clayton Kershaw back and Walker Bueller back in a month. That's gonna make it even harder to beat them. I I and of course I'm coming strictly from a Cubs heart. Yeah given that they've knocked us out any number of years in the playoffs. So that sucks. Um, And it's just, it's with any of these teams that there is so much money that is being thrown out. Used to be what the Yankees did. Now they're selling because they can't figure out what the fuck they're doing. The Dodgers ownership is just like money, 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 which is great. Well, they have it. That's the thing. Their ownership, I mean, it's that private equity firm, and it, they have the money. And then they also have the biggest local sports contract. Yeah. And Their I sports net contract's humongous. So it gives them more money. I just, I want to see somebody else out of the National League come through because yeah. it's, it's just like any other professional sport. It's, I got tired of seeing the Patriots coming out to yeah. the Super Bowl every single year. I'm tired of seeing the Dodgers come out every single year. I'm tired of Duke or whomever coming out of college basketball. But you root for Kansas every year. I do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm right. Um, and I get that they are coming into their own. I still hate it. Yeah. I think it's them and the Braves. I think that, but I think the Dodgers are the sleeping giant. I think someone released the Kraken in the last couple of weeks and they're <laughs> They're just they're just a monster. Um, last couple of things I want to get into. Um, this is kind of on the field, off the field. All this was off the field. 
we all know about the Jackson Mahomes thing. This piece where you know he was he's been arrested and um, kissing the woman in the bar and everything else. And I yeah. wanted to bring this up, so I, I saw a couple of reports and um, Sportskedia had the thing. I mean, they're not a great source for stuff, but it kind of took all the information and put it in one spot. I'm going to read this off. Uh, uh, Aspen Vaughn, the owner of the restaurant in Overland Park, in which Jackson Mahomes allegedly grabbed and kissed her without her consent, has been forced to close down the business as the newfound publicity led to significant losses since the story emerged, according to the Kansas City Star. Um, in it, she claims, and this story's been out for a couple weeks now, that she had claimed recently that sales had dropped by 75%. There had also been some vandalism, specifically damage to their gas lines, Um vandalism and cutting connections to the central air conditioning unit in the place, uh, pulling the fire alarm inside, leading to water damage. Uh, these were all things that had been done to this restaurant. I don't encourage any sort of behavior like this. Um, I'm a fan and I believe in you know being a fan, but that's pretty shitty behavior. If you're one of those people, go fuck yourself. Um, but a month ago, I guess it was a little less than a month ago, the same lady came out and she said that she regretted, and, and I'll, I'll explain this, let me explain before you jump in on this. She regretted filing the, the charges against Jackson Mahomes. Now, the one of the TV stations in Kansas City and a TV station in Wichita, and I shared this with the Coach Bono's Twitter, they came out and made this look as if she regretted it in a way of troubling to Pat to I'm sorry, not to Patrick Mall, to Jackson Bones. Um, in truth, she was saying, I regret it because of what's happened to us since. This article comes out that the restaurant's now closed. And I was reading this article on Twitter. I got the link on Twitter and I, and I didn't share it because what I read after that was disturbing. And I okay. want to talk about it this way. It seemed like three out of four people commenting were saying, oh, she's closing the restaurant now because she knows she's going to get a civil a civil case out of this, and that's more she's going to get because Jackson Mahomes' brother will come to the aid of his, of his younger brother and take care of this. But I think it was like one in four, maybe even less, said it this way. And this is what I tend to agree with. This is why women don't come out when they're abused. This is why women don't come out. They have a fear of retribution. Yeah. And there's been retribution in the in the business in this case. And what she tried to say two or three weeks ago when it was first come out was the reason I shouldn't have done this was that I she lived in fear of this retribution. Now this retribution to happen. Yeah. This to me is disturbing because if a woman's put in a place where this happens, she should not have to fear retribution. Especially, oh. I shouldn't say especially, she also has proof. I mean, there's video up. It's disgusting. You know, we talked before we recorded, we talked about it. You haven't seen the video, and I have, and it was, and I don't, I don't encourage you to watch it, frankly. Um, 
it's not just some dude trying to get a peck from a girl. It's it's pretty violent. It looks violent to me. It's grabbing someone by the hair and you know basically attaching your mouth to her. Like, I'm not. A, I'm someone who blatantly has been. I am. I do not like Jackson Mahomes. I have been against a lot of the Mahomes family. I think Patrick Mahomes is a good dude. He is mm-hmm. everything about that dude is positive. I will. You will not hear me say negative things about, about Patrick Mahomes. His wife. I had a rant this last episode about her. <laughs> the the brother, same thing. I. But what I really don't care for here, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I'm going to shut up for a minute. Okay. Is the retribution piece? I mean, listen, I think, unfortunately, most females figure this out really early on in life. That some dude comes on to you in a way that is uncomfortable to you. You tell somebody else and somebody either gaslights you or physically burns your shit down essentially and there is there are very few safe spaces for women to come out and say i have been assaulted attacked demeaned wherein the majority of people will actually believe it, male or female. And when it comes to folks, whether male or female, where people have an attachment to that famous person, the backlash is going to be inappropriate just because they somehow people think that they need to defend this person that can't really be touched. Mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty much what happened in this scenario. And it does create a chilling effect. It does silence victims, whether male or female, of coming forward and saying, I've been attacked, I've been abused, someone has acted untowardly towards me however you want to phrase it and it continues we are in the 21st century i am thinking through my head things that happened to me personally in the 20th century that i haven't spoken publicly about and it's not that long ago and it continues and this kind of bullshit where people are like, I'm defending Patrick. No, that's idiocy. It is straight idiocy. And it, listen, people will forever be marginalized because that's what humanity do. Humans create others to make themselves feel better. So whether it's your race, your gender, your culture, your ethnicity, how you identify yourself, this is going to continue to to happen. And I hate it. But 
something like this to this extreme that this woman lost her business because of something that happened to her, which she never engaged in, you know, asked for, acted toward that this person came at her, did this, and now she's being punished for it? What the fuck? I agree. And it's it's sad to me to see the number of people that automatically jumped on the bandwagon of, well, she's in this for a paycheck. That was disturbing to me. And listen, being a lawyer, I get it. You go for the deepest pocket, sure. but for fuck's sake, how are you going to tie in Patrick Mahomes to this? Yeah, yeah. And, and like I was saying earlier, there, Patrick Mahomes has done absolutely nothing wrong here. Patrick Mahomes is a gentleman in every which fucking way I've ever seen. Yeah. And and appears to be a good family man and everything else. This is his brother. And this shouldn't be tied to Patrick Mahomes, but they also shouldn't be tied to his fandom either. No, and that's the issue. That's the issue. That's right. That's the issue. Is that you shouldn't come to this kid's defense because he's Patrick Mahomes' brother. And that's an issue. It... The video is pretty damn. And, you know, could you say it could have been worse? Yeah, it could have been worse. And maybe someone's saying they're making a mountain out of a molehill. I don't agree with that. I think anytime you touch a woman in in a way that is not wanted is wrong. You should touch anyone, anyone. in a way that they don't yeah. want to be touched. Yeah. I say a woman because the overwhelming majority of the time this happens to women. Uh, but this happens to young people. It happens to young men as well. As well, we see it, the Kevin Spacey thing a few years ago. and it, It's like not that. even that. It's just but, people who are put in these situations can't come forward because right. they won't be heard. Yes, and they fear this retribution. And, and that we should be as a society better than that. Yeah. And we're not right now. And, and frankly, like, we never will be. No. And it doesn't look like we're getting any better. No. Yeah. So I, I wanted to give you the floor on that one. I wanted to bring that up because that really disturbed me in a deep way when I saw that a couple nights ago. And I just, I was like, you know what? I'm bringing this up. So. Well, thank um, you for that. I appreciate you giving me some space. Yeah. And, and always. Now we get to have a fun one here from here. We're gonna have some fun. Okay. Um, we've done this from the beginning. Everyone knows if you listen to the podcast that <laughs> coach knows NFL fandom is in free agency. So for new listeners, I'm gonna because we get what you do is we get new listeners every week, and I'm gonna go ahead and review this. It's also been a couple weeks since I've been on. So as most people who know me know or listeners know. I'm a lifelong New Orleans Saints fan. I grew up, I'm from Hammond, Louisiana. I identify with that place. It is my home, if you will, even though I've lived in Kansas longer now. 
Yeah. But the Saints have been my team. It's been one of my links to home, same way LSU is. And in the offseason, I have not agreed for the last two or three years with a lot of the moves their front office has done and, they, and what they've done, how they handled Sean Payton, how they handled a lot of the things they've done over the last few years. I just haven't agreed with a lot of it. And it brings up to this point where I said, hey, if this happens, I'm done. Yes. And this happened. And that was that the Saints signed Derek Carr. I'm very anti-Derek Carr. I think he's a horrible quarterback. <laughs> I don't think he's going to give anything to the Saints. Furthermore, I have continued to bet the Saints under a nine and a half wins. I even got 45 to 1 odds on the Saints winning exactly five games and took that for 20 bucks. Okay. Um, so in the return, what we've done is I've said, hey, I'm going to not just jump. I live here outside of Kansas City. It would be really easy to just jump and be a Chiefs fan. But I can't do that. That's just not – I can't be a front runner. I'm not going to do that. So I said, I'm going to explore free agency. So we started with 30, 30, 31 teams. And we've eliminated it. We've gotten it down to six teams are now fighting for Coach Bo's fan. We're down to these six teams in no particular order. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions, the Houston Texans, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the New England Patriots. I think we need to do a caveat uh-huh. that given your LSU fandom, the Bengals are deemed to be a front runner it, with Joe Burrow. The gambling odds on the not legal places have that the Bengals are the, the, the favorite. Um, where we're going from here is we're going to eliminate down from six to three today. We're going to the final three. So by bachelor style with the rose and that kind of thing, whatever you want to call it, we're going down to three. Um, and I'm going to explain these last three, and I'm going to explain where we're at, set up for a finale. Because okay. we're going to go straight to, we might go to one after this. We might take one off. I don't know yet. I'm going to see. We might, this might go two. Well, I thought we were going to get through the preseason. Well, I had to have a, a team before the end of the preseason. And okay. we're there now. I mean, the, the first game was just last night. So yep. we're, we're getting there. So the three teams that are coming off the board, the, the first two that were the easy eliminations from here, the New England Patriots. Now, this was a sneaky team that knowing my Red Sox passed and my dad being from that area, it wasn't. It, that was a team that I could have easily jumped to. It wouldn't have been front running because Brady's gone. You know, they haven't been as good. But I'm just, I'm not feeling them, even though I got some New England stuff there. I'm not with them. So the Patriots are now out. So I'm actually writing down, scratching through the name. Exactly. Keep your list because I have a list. (laughs) The next team. I like this team. I like this organization. They have the best general manager in all of sports. And I'm a, and I'm a sports business nerd. But I can't go with the Philadelphia Eagles because they are too good. It, it's that front-running thing. Okay. So. This is I'm, a little bit of. I'm oh, so I, I see where the switch is. I know what's coming. I took the Philadelphia Eagles off okay that leaves me with four 
Now, this one was tough. I got two teams that I think are on the come up. They are not going to be there in 2023. They may not be there in 2024, but I like where they're going. Okay. These two teams are the Houston Texans and the Chicago Bears. Now, Houston, I made the comment a few months ago, a couple months ago now. I made it here, made it on the Tyler's pod as well. I thought of all the coaching openings this offseason, mm-hmm. Houston, Texas was the most intriguing one. Okay. Because you were basically going into a spot with a couple of really good young players at important positions. Uh, so my Derek Stingley is the one I'm really talking about in corner. You're going to have a, a quarterback of some kind. You're either going to get Bryce Young or you're going to get um, um, Stroud. CJ Stroud. They got Stroud. I like the young quarterback. I like the young corner. You know, there's four positions that are important in the NFL. Corner's number two to me. I just think they're two seasons away, and my free agency is a little one-year deal. Okay. If the – Saints are to get rid of, and we've set it out. The Saints are to do the three things I've asked them to do. I'm back. Okay. So since it's not going to be, this may not be a multi-year contract. I'm going to eliminate the Houston Texans. This one was tough. It was a tough one. There's also that whole Houston and New Orleans thing, you know. It, but Houston's an LSU city too, so that was a tough one. It was a lot of pulls to Houston for me. Can I ask a random question? Yes, did anything about the Houston coaching staff prior continuing and prior quarterback and how they handled that whole thing play into this situation at all? Or were yes, just- I, I have kind of looked at them and saying, if I'm looking at them, I'm looking at them as what they are in 2023 moving forward. Okay. I can't defend anything before that. Sure. I wasn't a fan before that. So that that's one of the reasons they kind of hung on. There was some things there I really liked. I liked the city. I've been there a few times. I've always had a good time when I'm there. I, I do like that. But that's in the end. I looked at Houston and the Bears. Who I think is also on the come up. Good young quarterback, strong team, and some pieces around him. And I said, one, they're, they're very similar. I also did a field visit on both these two teams. Which is Houston back in April. I was in Chicago last week. I love Chicago. I love Chicago. They're so great. I love Chicago so much. So the Bears are still in. Duh, Bears. So your final three. In no order. Are the Detroit, Chicago Bears, Cincinnati, Cincinnati and Chicago. And Detroit. <laughs> now, I'm going to break these down so we can figure out where we're going. Because there's a reason for keeping these three around. Chicago, I just mentioned. I love the city of Chicago. I visit it quite a bit, whether it's personal or on business. I have never had a bad time in the city of Chicago. Football-wise, I mean, the Bears are a big franchise. 
they never really had that great success. They had the 86 Bears and 85 Bowl, and then um, they went again. They lost to the Colts that year. But um, they're a team you can they're, – they're a historical team. But I do love, like, Justin Fields. I think they're, they're really going in the right direction. The fact that they didn't trade Fields to move – to try to get that and keep that first pick, that was something to me. Okay. That made me think they they think he's their future. All right. And that kept me in on that. Um, Detroit. Look, man, I, this goes back to hard knocks. Man crush on I Dan am, Campbell. I am Just a man a crush on Dan Campbell. I would run through a wall. <laughs> if, Dan, if Dan Campbell walked into my office, into the studio right now, and said, Bo, get your shit on. You're playing defensive tackle tonight. I put my shit on and go play tonight. Yes, you would. Because I could play for that dude. Yeah. Like they're getting there. I like everything about what they've done. They're going to be a really good team this year. They're going to they get, get some defense. Their their defense is going their defense is going to be good. Their quarterback is not you know the top echelon. He is Jerkoff's not you know your top ten guy. But they run the ball. They play defense. They're going to give the Chiefs everything the Chiefs want in the first game. All right. That game's going to be closer than everybody thinks. Okay. I'm leaning toward the, the Lions plus the points. So that is one that has been really – they were not – they were going to make it this far. Oh, yeah. And I so mean, are the Bengals. So the Bengals are there still. Now, look, I am not down with their ownership. I'm not down with their team as a whole. But number nine is my guy. Number nine is my guy. I that's a hard love me from Joe Burrow. I love me from Joe Burrow, and that's my dude. I I would take a bullet for Joe Burrow. I know you would. I would. I would. I would literally jump in front of a bullet for Joe Burrow. So Cincinnati has to be working. So those are the three. You can place your bets however you'd like. This is going to be harder than everybody thinks here at the end. I am going to be fascinated by this because the fact that Cincinnati is still here just leads me to believe to what the inevitable outcome will be. It's, it's going to end up being either Cincinnati or Detroit. The Bears are just like out there in the wilderness. And it's going to come down to Cincinnati. So why don't you just say it now? Do you want me to just eliminate Chicago right now? Is that what you want? Yes. All right. Since, 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 damn it, since you have asked, I will take it to two. Because it is a two-team competition. I'm going to eliminate the Bears. This has been clear since the beginning of this. But look, but look, I I've done my diligence here too. Don't you agree? I've done 29 teams worth of diligence here. I've had good reasons for keeping teams around. I think the Chicago thing surprises people. No, it I was, it was really it was really hard on Chicago versus Houston. And again, the the the, the Chicago thing was tough. I, it's one of my top three favorite cities. Three favorite cities: New Orleans, Boston, and Chicago. Chicago might be my second favorite behind New Orleans, but it, it's just—it's an awesome city, and I wanted to—I could be down with them. Yeah. So. So it's Dan Campbell versus Joe Burrow. 
and, and we're not gonna get we're not gonna have it you're not gonna have an answer today because I will be really blunt and I will say because I don't know right now. That's bullshit. No, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I own some Joe Burrow gear. I own a couple of Bengals pieces some? of Burrow pieces. What? Some? I don't know. I mean, I mean like like things you wear. I mean, do I own a lot of memorabilia? Yes. But that's because Joe Burrow is an LSU Tiger to me. If Joe Burrow played for the Patriots, doesn't mean the Patriots would have won this thing. All right. If he played for the Patriots, they probably would have won. Then the Boston thing would have been hard to overcome. Mind you, I'm giving Bo the evil eye. Oh, she's giving the evil eye. She's staring me through and through me right now like you wouldn't believe, guys. Um, this is going to be a harder decision everybody thinks. And I don't know if it, it if there's a chance it's one in one A. I mean, I I'm gonna watch a lot of both these two teams all season. Okay. I'm gonna root hard for Detroit. One. I'm going to a watch party for that game with a bunch of folks from my B and I group. All right. And I've seriously considered buying a couple of Lions gear pieces just to just to wrangle up the folks a little bit. And of course, if I end up choosing the Lions, I'll have to buy some stuff. What player, what jersey should I buy if I pick the Lions? I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I might get a Penny Sewell jersey. Like Penny Sewell. Just because you like Penny? (laughs) You ever seen Penny Sewell? You know, do you know who Penny Sewell is? The left tackle? I'm a tackle guy. I'm a lineman guy. I like linemen. I he fully does. appreciate that. I'm just making the pasta joke. Pasta jokes are fat. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Right, here's where we're at. Detroit and Cincinnati. He's one of the two favorites coming in. This is like this, the two this top ranked predictable. This is predictable. It was not predictable. It was. No, it, it was, there was plenty to happen here. It came close. No, the, the Bears and the Texans, they both came close. The last two, predictable. We'll see what happens. I'm not picking one or the other to spite anybody or anything else, but I'll make my decision. And again, I'm, it's a hard choice. My favorite player is Joe Burrow. And he'll still consider him my favorite player. If if Joe Burrow had gone to the New York Jets, I wouldn't have chosen the Jets. Well, because... They wouldn't have gotten Aaron Rodgers, so. But I still wouldn't choose the Jets, you know, or, or you know, just you know, I mean, just fill in the blank teams. That's what the problem. The problem with the Bengals is I don't like the ownership at all, and I've been very vocal. About that. Yes, you have been. I really don't like. Yeah, Joe continues to overcome those. Well, <laughs> you know, he's awesome. He is. <laughs> look, he. He's you just want to watch him. Smoking a cigar, I understand. By the way, speaking of cigars and champions from LSU, I met Angel Reese this past week. How is that? She is a sweetheart. She is a doll. She is incredible. Uh, we were at the National, the sports convention, and yeah. Angel Reese in an appearance. And we got to talk to her for a couple minutes while she was signing the thing for me. And she couldn't have been sweeter. I congratulated on our championship. Um, to, told her I loved her Amazon commercial. If you haven't seen it, she's got a cute Amazon commercial. Have you seen it yet? I don't know as though. Angel I- Reese's got an Amazon commercial. It's basically 
then selling stuff for dorms. Nice. And so it's her. She's talking about how she loves pink and things that are pink and it's all our room. And then um, she says about, I don't like trash. She picks a piece of trash, so throws it like she's going to put it in a, like it's shooting a basket to the trash can. Yep. And her neighbor, one of the other girls in the team, swats it out of the way. And nice. It, it's pretty funny stuff. So I congratulate her on her Amazon commercial. And then I said, you going to run it back? And she says, yeah, we're going to run it back. Good for her. Yeah. So it was cool. It was cool to meet her. She was a, a sweetheart. I was, uh, I, it was, it was weird because she's like my kid's age. Yeah. She is. She literally my kid's age. And I was, I thought she was a doll. And, and she's, a, she's a really cute girl. But it's also the biggest thing is she just couldn't have been nicer and sweeter to everyone there. And it was well, good. a really cool experience. So, um, go Tigers. Um, yeah. That's where we're at. It's, it's good to be a Tiger. It's not. Oh, yeah. Tigers are dominating everywhere. Joe Burrow's about to dominate the season. He's going to win the MVP. They might win the Super Bowl. No, I was just talking title. about the, the lions Cincy thing. Well, we'll see what happens there. We haven't decided. We're not going back. We're, we're done. Um, hey, one thing I want to shout out to as we finish this up, one uh, kind of sad thing coming up. Um, to be the Chicago Bears earlier. Chicago yeah. Bear, Hall of Fame, defensive end with 85 Bears, Steve Mongo McMichael, um, who's been fighting ALS for the last few years, uh, is in the ICU. It doesn't look he's going to be coming out. Um, I was a big fan of his, the player. He was an awesome, awesome defensive tackle, Hall of Famer. Uh, again, part of that big defense, the 4-6 defense and the 85 Bears, maybe the best defense of all time. And then later on, after his career, he went into wrestling. He was in WCW. He was a full horseman. He was an announcer. He was awesome. Um, always been a big fan. So I'm sad to hear. He's been sick for quite a while. We've done this coming for a while. But um, yeah. if you see it, if you see it on Twitter, I'm going to share something later. Um, you know, say a prayer for Mongo and a good dude and um, everything there. Hate to see anybody go, and he's tragically young too. He's only in his late fifties, I think, maybe early sixties. Around there, yeah. I mean, he's not—he's not—he's not an older, he's not an elderly man. Uh, and to see someone who's his size reduced to how small he's gotten because ALS—it's a terrible disease. Um, we're seeing it, it with, see with Mongo as a Saints fan. We saw a lot of it with Steve Gleason and all the research and stuff he has done over the years, and what. Mm-hmm. And have you seen the MLB researcher? The I, I'm dropping that uh, she was part of the Lou Gehrig Day, and she has ALS. Yes, and she's, yeah, and she's in her 30s, yeah. I believe, early 30s, and is battling it. So it it can get you at any time, and it's yeah. not something that. You can't beat it. There's no, no, there's no way to beat ALS. So not yet. It, not yet. So let's keep that in mind. And just prayers up for Mongo and uh, anybody going through that right now. So uh, that was a, a sad thing for me to see that this week. And I wanted to share that experience. So um, anything you got? Anything from there? No, man. I'm just trying to reacclimate having a kid in my house, having to take care of another human being. Um, 
beyond that, it's just same old, same old. Okay. Yeah, well, we're back here and O'Connor, everybody's just pumping. Now this is the time of year because he's busy again. So check out all things financial, OAGKS.com. Yeah, year end are... planning coming up. What's that? You have year end planning coming up. Yeah, we got a big website redo coming as well. We're going to be doing some interesting stuff with social media. I'm actually working with somebody. I'm actually going to have, we had a meeting yesterday. We'll be doing some more of it next week to really get our plan in place. But you're going to see an uptick. We're going to be going a new Facebook page for O'Connor Advisor Group. Um, Twitter. Um, so my LinkedIn stuff is going to get shared to those. And then the website's going to, we're going to have a new blog coming out that I'll be writing every week. Awesome. Get more people involved and the more, you know, more info to help people. So all things financial. Check out OAGKS.com. There's always some FAQs on there. And then you can always contact me for free. I'm more than happy to chat with you and help anybody out. So um let's uh let's get out of here on that. We've got uh again, thanks to DraftKings for everything for the sponsorship, everything they do behind the scenes. I want to thank Tyler Jones. And everything, everybody at Studio Soapbox, all they do behind the scenes, thanks for being patient with us. We've been working through the last couple of weeks. It has been a crazy, crazy month or so. You know, I talked a lot about that last week. And getting back to doing this regularly helps, and I'll be doing more of it. I always, of course, E, having you part of it. It's always the funnest part <laughs> to me. So thank you so much to you. Uh, most importantly, we want to thank the listeners. So, hey, don't forget to review us and rate us. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, we appreciate every five-star review. It helps us immensely. If you're on the Stitcher app and you happen to be listening to us there, um, you have to follow us somewhere else because Stitcher's closing at the end of August, and you'll have to find us somewhere else. So check us out on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify. We're on all three of those major platforms. And check us out. And again, we love every time. Until next time, I'm Coach Bo Brian O'Connor. That is Ellen Wigginger. Uh, have a great week. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable. Take care, everybody. <laughs>